What's your mom? A working mom. And what did she write? The working the mom. The working mom blueprint. blueprint. And what should they do? Go buy, buy it today. The Working Mom Blueprint is now available wherever books are sold. Go grab it for yourself, for a friend, for a sister, for a colleague, so we can help working moms, all moms, to thrive, not just survive on their motherhood journey. Mm Welcome to the Modern Mommy Dog Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full-time pediatrician and a full-time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself. Everybody, welcome back to the Modern Mommy Doc podcast. It's good to have you here with us. Today, I am welcoming Amy Beacom and Sue Campbell from the Center for Parental Leave Leadership. They have a book that I'm excited for them to share with you about, which is called The Parental Leave Playbook. So, ladies, thanks for hanging out with me today and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. This is our first podcast of the new year. Thrilled to be here. (laughs) Nice. Good. So I would love it as we start, if you both could kind of break down what makes you excited about the work that you do and what is it that you actually do at the Center for Parental Leave Leadership? Sure. CPLL is the first and so far only full service consultancy to focus exclusively on parental leave that we have in the United States. And we started in 2014. So eight years now, Am I, now we're in the news. So yeah, eight years we've been around. We do everything from, well, we've had to wear many hats as the country has evolved in this topic. It's a topic that's been near and dear to me since I had my son 15 years ago. but. Everything from policy to practice to advocacy to coaching, writing the first book about an evidence-based model to use around parental leave. You know, everything that's needed to have happen in this country, we've been able to be involved in. And that has been a real joy to see, see that evolution. And it's such an important topic for people to know more about and to have more resources around. Obviously, we've seen so much in the news about this recently. And while I'm excited to see it in the news and people finally talking about it, we know it's been an issue for like decades that we have needed to find solutions for. So I'm so happy to talk with an organization that is fully focused on this and only this. Thank you. Yeah, it's decades is right. I and mean, when I think about when I started doing this after my son was born, there was barely any talk of parental leave. It was 
there was maternity leave and some moms were able to take it. It was unpaid (laughs) for the most part. And there had been a lot. I say that like it, we, it just came out of the air with us and with my, my son being born, but it didn't. There were decades before that of women working to get FMLA passed. And the big compromise with FMLA was that it was unpaid job protection. So that's where we first took that, that wrong turn and have been on this road ever since. So hi, I'm Sue Campbell, and I've been working with Amy since she founded CPLL. And one of the things that got me really excited to work with her was her approach to supporting parental leave did not involve showing parents how to fix what they were doing wrong, right? She recognized it as a systemic issue. At the time, the country was not ready to move forward with any sort of paid leave legislation, even though people were working hard on that. It it wasn't in the near future. So Amy's idea was that CPLL would go in through companies and show companies the advantages to supporting this time frame in a person's career development and life really, really well, right? That that was to benefit everybody and that they could offer more generous paid leave policies than the country was offering, which was none, that they could offer additional support, coaching, you know, this framework of how to support this time frame to enable the parent to really bring their best back to work and still have, you know, time to enjoy their family life at home too. So I was like, sign me up. This sounds brilliant. We spend all of our time at work, most of our waking hours during the weekday. Of course, this is the place that needs to do a good job. It's not on the parent. It's a systemic issue. I fully agree with that. I have a public health background. And when I learned about kind of how a person's environment or the structure within which they live, how that impacts their ability to function or their ability to access resources or their ability to have enough bandwidth to actually think of solutions for themselves. It's astounding. And so it really does come down to creating systemic change that can be a support. And then people have individual work to do within themselves. And, you know, I talk a lot about that at Modern Mommy Doc, but really the system has to change if we want people to make change for themselves within it. Absolutely. One of the interesting things that reminds me of is when I first started this, I was working, I was working on my doctorate in New York and I had been focused on executive development and coaching. And then I had my son and was like, oh gosh, we've completely overlooked this enormous transition within our, our personal and professional lives. And so I started to create this field of executive coaching focused on this time frame, and which then became parental leave coaching and maternity leave coaching at the time. And our country wasn't ready yet. We weren't here to be able to have that conversation. And I ended up creating that framework, doing everything. And then we had to move it to Australia to pilot it because mm-hmm. our just weren't there yet. So we spent three or four years piloting in Australia before even being able, our country being ready to have the conversations here with a few early adopters. And we're, we're just, I mean, that was at that point, six years ago, we are just now getting it to be a conversation that people don't go, what's, what's that? What's paternity, parental leave coaching? What's maternity coaching? You know, what is that? What, what, what are you talking about? But for so many years, it was just the simple things of changing people's mindsets, changing the language, changing how we talk about it, changing. And so to Sue's point, going in through the companies 
and doing manager training and doing HR training and creating the resources that they can access then starts to create a common language that makes this process, which has historically been very taboo to talk about at work or to talk about publicly, it's sort of this thing you go away and you do and you come back and you fit back in where you were, brings it out of the shadows and just makes it the way that things are done. And as soon as we can do that, to your point, Whitney, that's when we can start to when all the it's a, it's sort of like a parental leave hierarchy of needs, right? You have the conversation, the language, the processes. You know when you're getting paid. You know you're getting paid. You know you, you know all those pieces are taken care of. You can then start to work on the parts I really feel in my heart are more important, which are the human development, personal development, time with your family, time to thrive and bring your best self into this world. And so we've had to really focus on that bottom tier to create that strong foundation for the rest of it to build from. All of them are happening at once. And that's, that's the great joy of it. So, okay, take me a little bit farther into the foundation. What does it mean to actually build that? There are people I know who are listening saying, I actually don't know what maternity leave coaching is. Myself, I don't know what parental leave coaching is. So, so take us through that. Take us to take us through what you actually are teaching companies to do. What's the structure that you're actually creating so that women and and men, so that parents can thrive? Getting that common language is really really crucial. So, when we go into a company, for example, we're giving them a framework that is the common language, and then the guidance that you use for the parents and the managers is different, but they're all talking about the same 10 touch points. And this is how the book is structured as well. It's the 10 touch points for parental leave. And conveniently, they all start with A, and we encourage people to think... We encourage people to think about it as a three-phase transition. A parental leave is not just about the amount of time that someone is away from the office because their child has arrived. It's a three-phase transition that you need to prepare for it. That's your work focus, making sure you can effectively hand things off and get your work covered. And then your during leave, which is your opportunity to bond with your child and yes, be away from your job and focus on, you know, that very, very special tender time when your family is forming. And then the third phase, which is that reintegration of your your old identity and your new identity as a parent, right? Or an apparent to another child. That third phase is all about the adjustment, checking in, lots of communication. But throughout this entire process, there are so many things that both the parent can learn and the manager and HR person and organization can learn about how to handle any sort of transition. If your company offers sabbaticals, if you have people who have to leave and do caregiving for an aging parent, if you have people who are just you know transitioning from project to project, everything that you can apply in the parental leave timeframe has you know the potential to just absolutely improve your business at all of these other levels as well. So mostly what we're doing is coming in, providing them this 10 touch point framework showing them how to navigate it, but also how to customize based on the personalities involved, based on the circumstances that are unique to this particular transition. It's not just a boilerplate here, you just do this, and you're off to the races, right? It's a flexible framework. And I would say that most often companies come to us 
for policy. That's where things start. So while all of our work and our attention originally was around trying to get the practical and emotional support into the organizations where we've had to begin that, again, on that sort of hierarchy of needs is in the policy. So a company will come and say, oh, I have a policy that is six weeks for moms, but we're thinking of adding dads. Or, oh, I have uh, six weeks, but we realize that's totally not enough and we want to bump it up to 20 or, you know, whatever it is. Where where are the places that we may not know of because we don't live and breathe this like you do every day that we need to consider around the policy that would impact our culture, impact our brand, impact how we retain and attract our talent, all of these things, how, what our employee experience is like. And so we help with that. And that often then moves into the actual support that's needed for the people who go through the policy. Got you. Yeah. And I could see, you know, even in my own organization, I'm thinking about how we started at my pediatrics practice as kind of a mom and pop deal. Mm -hmm. And so everybody was trying to do the right thing. They wanted to be supportive, but it was definitely an old boys club and medicine is that way anyway. So people were very much like, you should just keep on kind of working and people would send emails. I remember with my first baby sent an email, like, could you come to this provider meeting at week seven of your maternity leave? (laughs) And because there was no real policy and it was kind of makeshift Mm -hmm. that it was really hard to say no. You know, you felt like you're kind of the bad guy for not jumping in there again or kind of saying yes to a request. And so I've seen at my own organization, even though sometimes difficult to shift into more of a corporate type of mode or to something that's a little bit more structured, that the policy really helps because then people are able to feel like they're secure in their ask or in their need, like they're not on the outside trying to have an exception for themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's really, really crucial. It sort of levels the playing field. And then you've got the policy, right? That's sort of like the nuts and bolts and the words on paper. But then there's the practice of how it's actually implemented is another place that can be really challenging, right? Especially when your policy is new, right? It's not the way you do things yet. It's really important to have people come in and look at your practice and help you appreciate why the policy is there and how to implement it so that everything can still get done, right? Everybody can still keep moving forward, but that new parent gets what they need and the team gets what they need. And to your point, Whitney, around the clarity that it provides, when a policy is done well and it, that clarity becomes integrity, that's the in- integrity of the word. It's what people can look to. And I think especially around parental leave, because it is such an individually personal experience, it's very difficult for people to understand that parts of it are the same for everyone and parts of it need to be clear for everyone. And so you can build in a very structured system that has flexibility for the individual needs within that really Mm -hmm. beautifully. And then what that does is it allows everyone to to not guess, to not have to recreate the wheel every time, to not have to, at a time that is already so rich and stressful and chaotic and full and fun, you know, it's all the things to then also wonder, well, if I ask this, am I going to get fired? If I ask that, are they going to put me on an assignment that I don't want? Are they going to sideline me? Am I 
not going to get my bonus. You know, all of these things, if they're not clearly laid out, just add to that noise of, of concern and worry that we don't need at this time. So clearing it up allows the space to, to move through it with collaboration and integrity. You know how like in high school, you could join different clubs depending on your interests or things people were into. I wasn't really that much of a club person when I was younger, but these days it feels like having a tribe of other working moms around me is so, so valuable. And it's hard to do in real life because we're all scattered and busy and have our separate lives. We have designed the Modern Mamas Club to be that club, that tribe, that support network for you. And we didn't want it just to be about what are the ways we can help you to be an awesome professional or what are the ways we can help you to be an awesome mom, but also what are the ways we can help you to remember who you are as an individual person? Voila, welcome. The Modern Mamas Club is on the scene. It's a community of mamas to support you, 24 access to our video library, live events, workshops, hangouts, relatable mom rooms and discussions, and a resource library and recommendations from yours truly, Dr. Whitney. Go check it out at modernmommydoc.com. Just last year, we had a gal who emailed me privately to say, I'm coming back from maternity leave. I think you're someone who would understand what I've gone through based off your books and your work and the stuff that you do online. And I'm scared to approach the leadership about this new role that I want to take or this modified way that I want to return into work because I'm nervous that I will get fired if I ask this question, which is a was a very reasonable request from her. And just struck me as to the lack of policy that we had and what we needed to do to shore things up for ourselves and just the trepidation and the fear that comes for women and for men as they return from parental leave and as they plan for parental leave about their job security or about their reputation as a committed worker. Yep. And for men, it's heartbreaking because that starts even sooner. They're not even allowed culturally to take it in many places, mm-hmm. even if it exists in their job, because that message hasn't been clearly modeled or, or written in the, in the company. It's not part of that culture yet. And this time is just so ripe for miscommunication. And so any place you can clarify things and, and the organization can offer the language that is needed, the permissions to do certain things that people are looking for, not just the new parents, but the managers. And managers are terrified they're going to say the wrong thing, hurt someone's feelings, have a gender discrimination lawsuit, a pregnancy mm-hmm. discrimination lawsuit. So they don't say anything because their company hasn't taught them how and what's appropriate and what is possible. And so by not saying anything, they're also saying something, right? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't any problems. So yeah, it's, it's both sides. We're, it's, I can't help but view it 
as Sue said originally, systemically, right? If we're not supporting the managers, then we are not supporting the parents. If we're not supporting the parents, we're not supporting the managers. It all needs to come together. If there's anyone in your audience right now, and I'm sure there is, who is, you know, formulating a similar email to anyone, someone help me, in my, you know, I would definitely recommend picking up the book because we are able, it's like having us as a coach in your hand, but think in terms of how can I structure my request in a way where I can make the organization stronger, where it's clear that I've thought out about the organizational impact as well as what's in it for me. And I'm looking out for the company as well as I'm looking out for myself. Those are the kinds of requests that we see handled, you know, really positively and gracefully in a lot of cases. And should it be that way? Should parents have to do all the thinking and strategizing and, you know, coming up with solutions? No, but we're not there yet. So if you are going to get what you want out of your parental leave experience, you do have to approach it from sort of that like, all right, well, how do I set this up so everybody can be a winner, right? Oh, I know Kevin can be trained on this thing. So that will create, you know, some infrastructure in the team and and someone we can fall back on. And I know he's really been wanting to learn it, right? How do you set it up in a way where everybody can win and you're giving you a yes on that request becomes a no brainer? And part of that is also educating your employer of like, look, I'm willing to be a trailblazer here and figure out what works. And that's going to help you attract good talent in the future or keep talent, you know, once they have kids and they want to, you know, they want to find the most progressive workplace that they can, right? Set it up as like, you're willing to blaze the trail and help them figure this out. But, you know, here's the things they should be thinking about. Yeah, I I think that's so true. And I think, I talk a lot about that in my book too, about this idea of, gosh, it'd be nice if everyone else created the solutions for us and if companies were totally woke and that they knew exactly what they should be doing. But a lot of them are still on a learning path too. So in the meantime, because unfortunately you're at the beginning of this journey that we have on really exceptional parental leave policies, you're probably going to have to be the one that takes the onus and that really formulates a plan, even if it's not the ultimate plan that they decide to go with, that it's showing that initiative of, I care about you and I care about me. And I want this to be strategically positive for all of us, for the company and for myself as an individual employee. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And that the book actually walks through like the, is it the third A? (laughs) I can't remember which A. The third, yeah. Announcement, assess, action plan is the third A. And so that action planning process, we devote the, the bulk of the book to, and we have templates and freebie resources that can help set everyone up to do that. What questions do you need to ask yourself? How do I approach this part of it? You know, there, it, that's all in there. I think what I want to just add to it is there's, there's a tendency right now to, to create there's so much crap going on. I don't know how else to say, right? <laughs> yep. People are so, so exhausted. They're so overdone. It's so easy to think that the other is the enemy. And mm-hmm. even the way that Sue was just talking about it, like, and how we're, how we're talking about it right now, that you're, we're setting up an oppositional stance. Like I'm coming mm-hmm. with something to convince you of something. Mm-hmm. And, and I find that the, the clients that have the best actual outcome are the ones who have done the work internally to really understand 
that their own, that we are all in this together, that mm-hmm. that opposition setup is false. It's a false mm-hmm. binary. So they truly approach it as a win-win. And when they get mm-hmm. that little twist, then the organization is like, oh, they have their aha moments too. Mm-hmm. And so it can be a really beautifully transformative time. And anyway, I just had to throw that in there. No, I think that's important. And actually, I mean, I think that's a good, that's a good reminder for me and for all of our listeners. You know, I I think that happens in a lot of things. I think that happens in our own personal relationships with our partners at home of like, well, I need to convince you to help me to do this. And here's the trickery I'm going to use to make it so that then you start taking out the trash, you know, like you're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to do this. (laughs) As opposed to thinking about, I value this long-term relationship with this other person. I know deep in their heart, they value this too. How can we come together? How can we speak a common language? How can I say things that will be heard by the other person? Because we both, in the end, ultimately want the same, same thing. We want the same outcome. Exactly. And when you approach it with that energy, you're met with that energy. And Mm -hmm. I don't just say that as a woo-woo. West Coast person. I've I spent 14 years in New York. It's how you enter is how it will happen. And that's why the first day is announcement. And it, we, what we talk about there is how do you announce? What are some of the considerations there? And the man, there's the individual parent side of that, but then there's the manager side of that. So we're tra- teaching the managers, how do you respond to that announcement? Do you say, oh, crap, I'm not, I, what am I going to do without you? You can't go on leave. You know, like, do you respond? <laughs> no, that's mm-hmm. not. You, do your work ahead of time. You know where the stuff is that you want to point them to. You have your script and your, you've thought about it in advance in the same way that that new parent has thought about it in, in advance. And so you're meeting each other in a shared phase of your work and your professional life that is learning a whole new set of skills that you're hopefully going to both benefit from long term. Tell me more about the managerial side. I want to hear more because I know there are a lot of bosses that listen here too, executives, bosses. So tell me more about people in a supervisory role or a management role or an HR role, what they can do to be supportive or to join in this teamwork effort with a parent mm-hmm. who's either preparing or in the midst of a leave. Uh, Sue, I'm going to have, I want you to jump in here too. But the first thing that comes to mind for me is exactly what we were just talking about, which that manager needs to do that work to not think of it as a bomb blowing up in their plan or an oppositional thing. You know, this isn't happening to them. This, Mm -hmm. I genuinely, when I say this is an opportunity, I'm not just saying that because it's a catch word and I'm positive Pollyanna-ish person, mm-hmm. right? That is a very pragmatic person. <laughs> it's an opportunity. And the way that you approach it as a manager speaks volumes to your team and to your organization about you as a manager, about the culture of your organization, and about whether they want to work with you, how you work together. And there's just no tolerance. In the last two years, we have removed tolerance for managers and companies that do not understand and integrate the needs of working parents into their environment. Like it, there, There's no room for it anymore. So any little bit of leeway you had before the pandemic for working families, it's gone. Consider it gone. Like You have to do that extra work 
to understand and integrate the needs of your working families. And everyone is from a family, right? We're not just talking about new parents. We're talking about human beings that work within organizations having no more tolerance for that being ignored. (laughs) So this is a great place to practice it. You can practice it around parental leave because it's the most common part of working parenthood that you'll manage as a, as a manager, right? Most people go through this at some point in their career life cycle. And so for managers, understand how to do that and learn how to do it. Take the time to think about it. Call us up. Have us coach you. Right? Like Do those things. It is not something you have to do on your own. Pick up the book. This book was written because as Sue said, we weren't able to meet the demand with just us and the coaches that exist so far in the world. We're working on creating more of them. We have a new program starting in February to take our Retain Parental Leave Coaching Program, which is the only evidence-based coaching program that exists in the world, and offer it externally. Up till now, it's just been our internal coaches and the Australia coaches. And so now we're hoping to train internal HR managers in the method, in the model, in the language, so that nobody can say anymore, I don't know what I'm doing. There's no framework. I have to reinvent the wheel. That's it's not true. We've spent all I've spent 15 years <laughs> making that not true. Right? Like, you did the so work. Like, Come on, people, just accept it. <laughs> and of course, the wonderful thing about it is it's gonna grow and evolve, right? I've done the work till this mm-hmm. point. Now we get to have that met with where we are now and move it to the next phase. So it's exciting. I just want to throw into when we were, when Amy was originally approached to write this book, a publisher, you know, came to us, we wanted to write the, the manager book right? Like mm-hmm. that was the, the book we wanted to write and a publisher just wasn't there yet. It's like, no, this is, this is going to be put directly to new parents. And then we're like, okay, well, can we have the parent side on one side and then you flip it over and it reopens. Yeah. Right? Have you seen those books like that, right? Yeah. And then it could be the manager book on the other side. So then you can hand one book to the organization and the manager can read it and the employee can read it because it is the same framework. It's just your guidance changes based on your role in the organization. This time you may be the parent going going out on leave. Next time you may, may be the manager supporting someone going out on leave. So it really is a matter of building that common language and getting rid of the fear and increasing communication. What I hear you talking about is increasing the humanity level. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think I just really hear you increasing the understanding that we are all humans, that we all have different life phases, that those things that we learn in different life phases teach us how to be better employers and employees and that the more we can see each other not as adversaries in terms of getting our needs met as managers or as employers versus as an employee the better outcomes we will have i see that time and time again i'm on the executive committee at my own practice i have to make decisions with my partners about what will happen for our staff members. And I'm always coming back to my own experience as a new mom, as a parent, as that scared new employee who didn't know what her rights were or what it was okay to ask for 
or say, and I'm always trying to put myself in the shoes of if I was having another child now, what would I want for myself, for my husband, for my kids and for our organization? So it really sounds to me like a push toward increased vulnerability and humanity. Yep. And when I think about the managers at all levels of the organization, isn't that a much more meaningful and interesting place and way to work? Like it doesn't detract from making money. It doesn't detract from the bottom line. It only increases it. And it makes it so that we're doing interesting work. It's not just check a box, do a thing. It's, oh, we're humans interacting together. (laughs) That's, That's interesting. And good business strategy. And good news, of course. (laughs) I often find that I leap over that phase of things because I'm a little past it. I spent the first 10 years of this work trying to convince people of the business case. And for me, the business case is there's no need to convince anyone. Mm -hmm. uh, It's such a duh, right? (laughs) There's, you know, it's retention, it's attraction, it's loyalty, it's presenteeism. The numbers speak for themselves. I can't even make the case anymore. Even when we do webinars, right? Amy and I are ready to jump into all the like social emotional, right? Like stuff and the way to handle it. And everyone's like, how much paid time off do I get? Right? Like (laughs) that hierarchy of need again, right? We have to, we had to consciously stop and slow down and say, look, there's no one system in this country, right? We can't tell you how much leave you're getting. We don't know. Here's the places where you want to check, right? Find your point people to get all of that great information. And then we try to move you into the the bigger picture past sort of the nuts and bolts of how this is all going to work because the bigger picture is really where you have that make or break experience, right? Even if you don't have your ideal time that you get to be out or the level of pay that you get to be out. There's a lot that you can make up on the other side if you can improve relationships, communications, you know, really make the most of the time that you have. This is such a beautiful conversation. Thank you both (laughs) Sue and Amy for being here. You guys, if you are a parent who is preparing for parental leave, please go get the parental leave playbook. If you have a friend, if you are an employer, a manager, it's going to help all of us to make our work worlds and our home worlds better places. Where can people find you on the internet and where can people find your book? So you can go to our website at cplleadership.com and forward slash book. You can get information on the book. Also, when you buy the book, there's a code inside where you can go and sign up to get all of these free resources that they wouldn't let us put in the book, right? So there's a lot (laughs) digitally that you can download and use as well. And then, of course, you can follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, and Amy really wants to build our Instagram right now because it's a lot of <laughs> fun on Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> so it's at CPL Leadership yeah. on Instagram as well. And I will say that while the book was written for new parents in mind, we and we weren't able to bi- do that flip side, we built it in everywhere. So it actually reads like a book that both managers and new parents can gain value of. And then the managers get the extra added value for those who have never gone through, become a parent themselves, mm-hmm. of seeing what that experience is like, seeing all the things that that new parent has to consider. So I often feel like it's even more valuable for that manager to read this book 
than one we would have written for them because it gives that little bit of a window there. Excellent. Thank you both, you guys. Oh, such Thanks a pleasure. So Thank you, Whitney. Hey, Mama. If you want more of the Modern Mommy Dog podcast, make sure that you click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd also be so honored if you shared with your friends and on social media with the hashtag Modern Mommy Dog. If you share about something that inspired you or that you learned from the podcast, we'll be sure to share it on our social media as well. Thanks for listening.